How's it going? Um, yeah, last night or yesterday, I recorded the podcast at um, 6 p.m. Still managed to go to sleep at 1 a.m. How did I manage to do that? Well, I was working on the summary of the first chapter of the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And it turns out it's taking me a little longer to summarize a chapter than I thought. I got two pages in. How about that? Uh, But I'm getting the hang of it. I'm getting the hang of it. Today, I had an idea. I mean, I write blog posts. I've been writing a blog post every day. Might as well, I thought, share it with the people, right? Just read it in here like I would read it. Like an audiobook. Like a blog audiobook. Here we go. Let me just get my background music for myself, get in the zone here. All right, ready? So, this one is uh, titled, The Man Who Convinced Me to Travel the World While in College. Here we go. In November of 2016, I got on a short one-and-a-half-hour flight to go back home for Thanksgiving. It was the first time I would be returning home since I had left for college. And with me, I carried so many questions about what the next four years would bring to my life. The biggest question on my mind was, should I go on that study abroad program in Cape Town, South Africa this coming summer? As I boarded my plane, pondering this question, I took an empty middle seat in the very first row next to a man who looked to be in his early 30s. Then I have a, a picture of, a, uh, of the inside of a plane, so you can feel... Like you're inside a plane while you're reading this. And so the article continues. The man was kind of skinny and wore glasses that gave him the look of someone who worked in the tech industry. Although he looked young, at first glance he also gave off a dad vibe. The kind of dad that is friendly, easygoing, and wise. I took this specific seat for the particular reason that I hated waiting for people to get off the plane before me. I quietly sat down making sure not to make eye contact with anyone so that I didn't spark any conversation. For insurance that I wouldn't have to talk to anyone, I had my earbuds on playing the song Talk is Cheap by Chet Faker on repeat. I placed my backpack in front of me in front of my feet, taking full advantage of the abundance of legroom I had as a first row member. A few minutes later, a flight attendant came by to tell me that I had to put my backpack in the overhead bins. As she walked away, the man next to me said, Yeah, I was going to tell you about that, but I saw you had those things in your ears. Nervously, I responded, Oh, my bad. Why was I nervous? For absolutely no reason other than the fact that I lacked the self-confidence to talk to strangers. However, the man seemed unaffected by my lack of confidence and continued the conversation with some talk, some small talk. I told him I was going home for college for the first time ever. Then we got deeper into our conversation. I got comfortable enough with him to where I began to tell him about my dilemma. I told him I was thinking about studying abroad for a month in South Africa, but I still had not made up my mind about whether I should go. I listed off a few logical excuses for for why I shouldn't go. Number one, you know, maybe I should wait until next summer because there's this summer study abroad program in China that focuses on entrepreneurship, and I want to be an entrepreneur, you know. Number two, Or maybe I should wait to study abroad an entire semester instead of for just the summer. Number three. The other thing is that these programs cost thousands of dollars, so I don't know if it would be smart to go. At that point in our conversation, the flight attendant came over with our complimentary drinks 
and our conversation abruptly ended. With drinks in hand, I looked over to the man to see if we were going to continue our conversation, but he just stared off into the blank wall. <laughs> that should be. We, but he just stared off blankly. I don't know. But he just stared off into the blank wall in front of us while taking a sip of his drink. I looked away and drifted off into thoughts about how this Thanksgiving would go. Suddenly, the man energetically said, Caesar, Caesar, what would you do if you, if you could do anything? What would you do if you did not have to worry about the money or anything else? I thought about it for a second, taken aback by his energy, and replied, I would go to South Africa, and then I would go to China uh, on the China program the next year, and then I would go somewhere else for a semester. He looked at me and said, then do that. Do that, Caesar. Do it all, man. Let me tell you something. The one thing we can't get back is time. I'm 45 years old, and I wish I would have traveled more when I was younger. Right now is the time for you to experiment and try, try the new things that you want to try. Later in life, you're going to get married and have kids, and then it won't be as easy for you to do all the things that you want, because you have to think about your family, too. But if I was your age, I would go. And this is exactly what I tell my kids to do. Go explore the world. Holy fuck. He was absolutely right. I had, gotten too caught, I had gotten too caught up in worrying about the future. And I could find the resource. And if I could find the resources to go on the study abroad program, why shouldn't I go travel the world while I was in college? With a wide-eyed smile, with a, <laughs> with a wide smile and wide eyes, I looked at him and said, you're right. You're so right. I have to go. Hey, thank you so much for that. He replied, yeah, man. And look, here's the thing. I'm not saying this to try to change your life or to be inspirational and shit. I'm just telling you the truth about what I think. You're young, man. Live. Because if you don't, you'll end up regretting it. As we landed, all I could think about was how this whole interaction was exactly something I would see in a movie. You know, the main character in the movie has a dilemma, and out of nowhere, he gets a sign from the universe that seems to tell him exactly what to do. The moment after our conversation ended, I felt that this man, whether he intended to or not, might have just changed the direction of my life. Of course, it would be up to me to make all the traveling happen, but still, what he did for me was that he pointed out the path I should take when I was at a crit critical fork in the road. At the end of that flight, I was grateful for all the people who had boarded the plane before me and who didn't take the first row middle seat. I was grateful for my mom who booked that exact flight for me, even though she had no idea what would happen. I was simply grateful for whatever forces brought that interaction to my life. As we got up to be the first ones off the plane, I asked him, Hey, what was your name? You never mentioned it. It's Sky. Well, Mr. Sky, thank you so much. He chuckled and left me with, Have a good Thanksgiving, Caesar. We shook hands and that was the last time I saw Mr. Sky. I don't know if it blows your mind that his name was Sky, but it blows my mind because we were in the fucking sky when this whole life-changing moment happened. Well, that's just how I think about it. I did end up going to South Africa that summer, and it was one of the most incredible experiences of my life. I got to study at a university in another continent. I got to meet incredible people who were brought up in a different culture. I also got to do a lot of crazy things such as jumping off the world's highest bungee jump bridge, skydiving, ziplining, eating an ostrich steak, 
almost getting stabbed while bargaining, and the list goes on and on. By the time I graduated college, I also studied abroad in China for that entrepreneurship program I told Mr. Sky about. I spent the semester studying in Thailand, and I finished off my senior year by going to study in Havana, Cuba for the summer of 2019. Now when I find myself at a fork in the road, I ask myself, what would you do if money and all other obstacles were taken care of? Thanks for the advice, Mr. Sky. <sighs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> Probably should have tried to read Well, I did read it. Look, here's, here's what I did. I read it out loud. First of all, I wrote it. It took me a while to write. And then I went to work out. And then I, um, I came back. And I read it out loud. And I edited it. And then I turned on the mic. And then boom. First take. This is the first take. <laughs> so the thing that happens when I'm talking, or when I'm reading, I, I like stop breathing. Or I, I'm like talking out of my, as um, as a very close friend of mine would say, out of my throat. You know, it's like singing. She says, she says I it doesn't come from your throat it should come from like your diaphragm and i'm um i'm doing it from my throat and it hurts it fucking hurts my throat hurts right now and i run out of breath i need to figure out how to do that how to stop that and i also feel like i'm breathing on the mic and i know i am i apologize for that also i know i was going a little faster i was trying to get through it <laughs> trying to stop but the beauty here's the beauty in this the beauty in this is that if I keep doing this, which I plan on, I'm going to be really good at reading shit on the mic. I think that's a good skill. You know, I'm completely alone in my apartment right now. And even as I was reading, I was judging myself. There's nobody fucking here. I don't even have to post this. I could stop. Nobody would know. I could delete. Try again. But I found myself getting a little nervous in the in the middle of it. And then I would it would just go away. I'd be like, what? Why why are you nervous? I was talking to my roommate about this earlier today. How much how I'm way better at speaking on the mic now. I remember when I would stop very often. I'd stop very often. I'd be like, um um you you remember uh, you might not remember because I might take all those <laughs> down. <laughs> The podcasts where I'm like all uh, introspective and just thinking about the universe and man, what is all this about? What is all this about? I don't, you know, I don't want her to fall in love with me. <laughs> That's how I would talk. Jesus Christ um, makes me cringe. But fuck, I was thinking about it the other day. I don't know what happened. I just feel more comfortable. Feel like I'm flowing. Feel like I'm just talking to you, whoever you are. Just talking to you. Um, and here's the thing about this uh blog post that I wrote. As I was finishing writing it the first time, right before I came back and read it out loud, I thought I was like, "Oh shit, this is the best shit I've ever read." And then I came and read it, and then I was like, "Oh, this is like, all right." <laughs> it's not that great. I mean, first of all, it's not even that long. Second of all, it's not as deep as I thought it would be. Um, but again, the beauty is in try not trying, but practicing, getting the reps in, 
get the reps in day after day. Oh, and this story, this story is one of my, one of my, one of the stories that I, I was hoping when it happened to me that I wouldn't forget so that I would be able to tell it like years and years down the line. Um, because dude, that study, those study abroad programs, traveling the world, morphed me, molded me. It molded me. The darkness molded me. It molded me. It really did. And I remember that fucking conversation when he said, my name's Sky. I was like, what? <laughs> You're fucking with me. Because, well, two reasons, I guess. Well, Sky, for me, isn't really a common name. I come from, come from a, a primarily Hispanic culture. I never heard anybody who's called Sky, maybe like in a movie or a show. Um, but for the reason that I said in the article, it was like we were in the sky. You know, we were just flying. We were just flying, and this guy's name is Sky. I took that as a little wink from the universe, like, <laughs> got you, bro. Oh, I was so excited after that. I was like, oh, I'm gonna, f- I'm fucking going. I'm fucking going to South Africa. Applied, got in. By the way, ostrich steak, phenomenal, phenomenal. It was like uh, rare. I think it was rare. You couldn't even choose. Oh my god, South African food, fucking great. I know, I know. You're like, what? South African food is great. Yeah, I didn't even know. Fucking South African cuisine, underrated. At least for me, had no fucking idea. The people I was with were like, what the fuck is this? And by the people that I was with, I mean like the other students that were with me. We were all like, dude, Jesus, this is fucking good. I remember remember the first couple of nights we were there. We went into the townships. Now, the townships are the very, very poor communities in uh, South Africa. They're like, built, the houses are built of um, like scrap metal and like, uh, um, yeah, they're just very poor neighborhoods. In the this township we went to, um, there was a a restaurant called Mama's House or something like that. I don't know. Um, but it was like her house she would turn into a restaurant, this lady, and and there was like 60 of us, and she she had his everywhere. She had two floors on both floors, and holy fuck, the food was so good. Oh, my God, I still remember. That was the best meal I had the whole trip. The whole 30 days I was there, that first meal, phenomenal. Nothing beat that. That lady knew what the fuck she was doing, and I wish, I wish I remembered her name because I would definitely go back. i definitely go back. Now, that is not much of an obstacle for me, if you know me, because I've done some crazy shit. And by crazy shit, I mean <laughs> some ridiculous stuff. So I'm pretty sure I'm pretty confident that I've, I can find I can find this lady or something equally as good. But, man, that food was so good. So, so good. And and then after the dinner, we had this feast. All right, it's not a dinner. It was a feast, literally a feast. Like, they would bring plates, and then they would take them away once you were done, and they would bring more food that was different. Different. It wasn't just, like, the same food. It wasn't a like, a, like oh, we just made a shit ton of three things. No, no, it was different shit. It was mm, mm, so good. So good. And um, after the dinner 
we had this South African music that was awesome. And I, being a little college freshman who went to a couple classes of Texas Latin dance. And if you don't know what Texas Latin dance is, well, it's it's a club at, uh, at UT Austin where they teach you um, how to dance Latin dance. Oh, shit, you guessed it. <laughs> So I took a few classes, couple classes, learned the basics, and I'm out there thinking that I know how to dance. <laughs> and I'm dancing, I'm dancing, I'm dancing to African music. <laughs> but oh man, we had an incredible group that went up, went with us on the study abroad, and and the girls were just fucking yo. They got they had moves. Even the guys, the guys had moves too. Oh man, and um, yeah, it was just dancing, just dancing a little. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit though. <sighs> moving the hips a little, you know, just moving the hips a little left, right, a little, giving them a little left, right action, right, left action, boom, 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 you know. I don't think there was much upper body movement yet, but whoo, Caesar, Caesar was uh, beginning to grow into who he, who he would become. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's like videos out there of the people that went on that trip of us like dancing. Um, wow. Wow. I just, I mean, it was only four years ago, but damn, I've grown so much. I just remember how shy I was. I mean, even in this article, as I'm talking about, um, literally, I, 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 I mean, I was just, I, I was trying to avoid like conversations with people, right? I would get nervous. You're nervous for no fucking reason. People, somebody would talk to me and be like, "Uh, what?" I'd look at them like all wide-eyed, "Uh, uh, wide-eyed and shit." Um, and and I'm going on these um study abroad programs. One, I was in a foreign country, away from anyone I knew, right? Like any family or anything. But the biggest thing was that I was away from all my hometown friends all my hometown nobody that i knew i knew no one i knew no one and so i was forced to meet friends and make new friends and stuff um and and i started coming even more out of my shell and then i was i wanted to bargain right so i would have to talk to these strangers and i wanted to bungee jump and nobody wanted to bungee jump with me you know this talked about this um nobody wanted to go bungee jumping with me so I, I, um, I remember before I went to, um, South Africa, I had figured out where I had found that the tall, the world's tallest bungee jumping bridge, it was like three hours from Cape Town, or at least in the map, it seemed like it was in Cape Town. I get there and like the second day they have this company come pitch to us like, yo, we'll do all your excursions, you know? And I'm like, hey, I pulled one of the guys aside. I heard you guys didn't, like, you guys had, like, all the shark shit. Like, you can go in the shark cage and, like, pet the monkeys and shit, which is great and all. I, I want a bungee jump, man. Where's the fucking bungee jump? And he's like, oh, yeah, uh, we were told um, that you guys couldn't do that because, like, that's, like, at least a three-day trip. But, you know, if if you talk to your professor and if you get, like, enough people, you could do it. And I was like, well, fuck, yeah. I talked to some people and I was... I was telling people since the beginning, since before we left, I was like, yo, I'm bungee jumping. Anybody down? People were like, fuck, I'm down, I'm down. And so I started talking to the people who said we're down. 
they start pulling out because what we found out was that we had to be in school five days a week, Monday through Friday. Weekends are yours, but you have to be to school Monday through Friday. And if you miss one day of school, then you your grade goes down by a letter grade. So you're at an A, you miss one day of school, you're at a B, motherfucker. Okay. We find that out. After we find that out, everybody's like, nah, I'm not down anymore. I'm not down. Everyone pulls out. I had to make a decision. I was like, this was literally, I had told people back at home, I'm going to bungee jump off the tallest bungee jumping bridge in the world. And I'm going to fucking leave without bungee jumping? Fuck no. So then I talked to this guy and I'm like, look, man, um, nobody wants to go. Can I go? Like, I'll pay right now, dude. I got the fucking money. Take my money. Because I knew, I knew this guy wanted money. Like this guy who was, you know, he wanted my money. And he's like, all right, man, look, yeah, I can fit you in. <laughs> he's like, I can fit you in. Um, but, dude, honestly, honestly, it'd have to, because it was like, he was telling me it has to be a three-day one. Because I was like, can you do a two-day one? He's like, maybe, bro, maybe if you get other people. I was like, fuck, all right. I got no one else. He's like, yeah, man, you can only do the three-day one. I was like, mm. he's like, yeah, man, just let me know. I was like, hmm. I got to think about it. I thought about it for two minutes in the in the uh, hostel lobby. And I looked at my friends who were like, yeah, I'm not doing it, man. I, I need that grade. That's what my friends told me. They were like, I need that grade. I was like, well, fuck the grade, man. Fuck the grade. I mean, we're going to pass. But even I was like, shit, am I being irresponsible? And then I don't know what happened. I really don't know the little details. But I just know I said, fuck it. Fuck it, motherfucker. Fuck it. Put me in there, coach. Put me in there. Give him my fucking card. Actually, I didn't get my card. I gave him my money. I was like, here you go, bro. He's like, all right, dude. Um, this Friday, 5 a.m. All right, they're going to come pick you up. The guy's going to wait like 10 minutes. If you're not there, he's going to leave without you. I was like, let's go, baby. Friday, 5 a.m. Friday, 4.30 a.m. I fucking wake up. Get ready. Um, Dip. I go downstairs. And the famous scene in my mind is where... This little minivan rolls up, white minivan rolls up in the darkness of the night, just <laughs> just really fast. It rolls up really fast and just kind of like skirts <laughs> right in front of the door. And I'm already at the door. And so this white guy co- walks out. I think he walks out or did he do it from the inside? No, he did it from the inside. Yeah, he did it from the inside because he could like walk to the back door and he just rolled it open. <laughs> Ahoy, bro. Come on, let's go. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. The guy's name is Mahil. Mahil, for me, is a famous character in the South African experience. Mahil is, you know, he's the guy that he had a little bit of long hair up to his, like, shoulder. And um, it was blonde. He looked like a fucking surfer, right? He was white as fuck. South African. White South African. He was like, hey, ahoy, bro. How's it going? We got to know each other. Me and Mahil hit it off. For the next three days, we were boys, bro. We were fucking boys. And we end up on the second day when we're going to bungee jump. And he starts telling us, you know, I'm, I can tell who's going to bungee jump and who's not when they get in my car. And I was like, no, you can't, bitch. I was like, all right, what did you think of me? And he was like, you were definitely a jumper. Definitely a jumper. Um, we had some other people who, most people in our fucking trip didn't want to jump. 
Um, but I convinced these three girls. I was like, yo, yo, we got to jump. Come on. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity. It's the tallest bungee jumping bridge in the fucking world. And you're going to be right there. And you're going to leave without having had the experience of jumping off of it. You're going to go back home and they're going to ask you. They're going to ask you. They're going to say, hey, what'd you do in South Africa? And you're going to say, well, I did all these amazing things. I ate amazing food. And at one point, you know, I went on this excursion where I had the opportunity to jump off the world's tallest bridge, tallest bungee jumping bridge. And I didn't do it. That was my pitch. At least I think that was my pitch. I convinced two out of three. That's a win in my book. (laughs) That's a win in my book. Anyways, jumped off the bridge twice, once forwards, one backwards. Oh, my God. One of the most exhilarating experiences of my life. Something primal overtakes you when you jump off a bridge. It's like your brain just says this. What you just did is not not what we're supposed to be doing, bro. (laughs) Because at least for me, I got like primally scared. Just like that, I jumped. I was excited. I was excited until I jumped. I was like, <gasps> "It actually, I can describe it kind of like when a roller coaster goes down a really big hill. It's just that feeling, uh, you know, you're just kind of tense, uh, and then you know you're safe, and you're like, ah, it's it's all good. And so when I when the rope caught me, I was like, oh, we're alive, we're alive. Let's do it again. <laughs> Let's roll the dice again. Let's do it one more time. Oh my God, that three-day weekend? Because only I took that three-day weekend, right? The people that, I think that three-day weekend was also life-shifting. Because the entire time I was with not people that I knew, but people that were familiar, you know? They were brought up in the American culture. And I'm, I'm talking the entire time I was out there, right? I was studying with 60 other students. And they were brought up in my culture, you know. You, you instantly become best friends because you guys, you guys are familiar with each other in some sort of way. On that trip, although there were two Americans on that trip, I was completely. I was. I really couldn't relate, other than the fact that we were American. You know, these other people were from my university. Um, but even then, I, I guess what I'm just trying to say is that. Like, I went even further at that point. Further in the sense of I discovered that I would be okay without knowing anyone, without having any sort of, like, uh, um, relatability. I don't know. I mean, you can always relate to a human, right? Because you're human. You can always relate somehow. You And even if you don't, even if you're from a different culture, you know, you speak a different language, you lived a completely different life, your 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 experiences are so different that it's even better because you find each other fascinating. It's like two humans who know they're human, but they're at the same time they're like alien to each other. And so you ask stupid fucking questions. <laughs> you ask stupid questions that are like I mean you ask at least I do. I ask like all the stereotypes and stuff, <laughs> whether it's politically correct or not. At least sometimes I do. Oh, man. Fun times. Fun times. South Africa. You ever get the opportunity? Go. Uh, By the way, beaches. Um, well, I guess this is a little biased. I, um, Well, beaches, definitely. Gorgeous beaches. That's not biased at all. Like, the beaches that I saw, because when I went on that three-day um, excursion, 
I saw um, one or two beaches. But by where I lived, um, I was near Camps Bay, which is like the richest part of Africa, the richest neighborhood in Africa. Fucking gorgeous. I mean, it's the richest neighborhood in Africa. Gorgeous beaches. Um, Oh, my God. Yeah, South Africa. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. It is currently 9.20 p.m. Got to make a phone call. Not with my phone, with my computer on Messenger. But, yeah, I hope you enjoyed this one. I sure as hell did. Later.